Hey, hey guys, welcome to another episode of Bikini in the Brain. I'm here with the pink bow, Ashley Cutwasser. Hi. I'm loving the pink vibe today. Yes. It's head to toe in pink. It looks very good. I, I used to do the monochromatics all the time, yes. but I'm bringing it back. Yeah, you did like a monochromatic Monday, right? Was oh, that yeah, it monochromatic Monday. I loved that. Bringing, that a, it, bringing it back. That was a fun phase, Ashley. Yeah, it wasn't a phase. It was just me. And then I started uh, getting the contest prep crankies, and I lost my monochromatic uh, desires. Yeah, your monochromatic turned into a monotone attitude. <laughs> it was like <laughs> I was wearing a lot of black and gray. <laughs> So, goth Ashley. Goth Ashley glasses, <laughs> baggy pants and hoodies. When Goth Ashley comes out, she's four <laughs> shows in, four shows in and one on the way. <laughs> but you know, if I'm monochromatic and bright, I'm fresh. Yes. I'm yes. feeling fresh and good right now. That's And that's going to lead us into our topic today. But first, let's go over what's in your hand because I know you're okay. dying to tell the public about tying. something that I was aware of for Ashley was like, why are, you talking about why are you talking about it? Because everyone knows about it. Okay, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> Leave in the comments if they, you know no, about it. No, I'm sure you, you're going to. I had people tell me they didn't know. I'm they sure were, you're right. I, 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 yeah. They were like. they were, we're just ahead of the curve. That's all. I guess I was. Okay, when it came out, I was pretty astonished. I was like, wow, this, is, this is game changing. You know? yeah. Okay, so if you guys know, maybe all of you know about it. And I'm just, I talked to the one client who didn't know about it. So I wanted to help you guys out. All right, coffee, coffee sweeteners. Because. I've, apparently, a lot of people just think that the only thing they can use is the packets. The packets actually have a little bit of carbs and sugar in them, um, but these do not, and they have flavors. And you can get a bunch of them. This is the ones. So sweet drops. I like these ones a lot. You turned me on to these. And then, um, oh, they're both sweet drops. They're just different forms of it. Mm -hmm. I didn't see. Look at this. I'm learning something every day. Yeah. They're both they're two different forms of sweet drops. I swear this one was different. Okay. Well, yeah, the forms. one on your left is, I think, glycerin based. It's thicker. The one on your right is, like, I think, it, oh, alcohol based. You're such a connoisseur. Actually, I will say, <laughs> you're, you're, and, and with that being said, those two ones are weak sauce in the comparison of the one I use. Which one do you use? I use the $4 Amazon one. It's like, uh, shoot. I can't even remember it. I buy them in bulk. I get the subscription on it, but they're way more potent. Than oh yeah, those ones. Huh? Yeah. Why don't you use that? Bring it in. Yeah, you bring it in for the next one because now, now I'm eager to know. Yeah, I'm mixing mine. So anyway, and in fact, you know, I also get the powder too, but it's powder's not flavored. It's just sweet. The powder is like game changing because it's way sweeter than anything. The the concentrated power powder, not the oh. kind you get at the grocery store. The kind that's like sixty dollars for a pound because it's literally pure. Huh. You know. Okay. Well, okay. anyway, that's that's the thing. Like, apparently, so I, I might have... breaking stuff. Yeah, to me... Well, okay, but the, also the thing is in Greek yogurt, this is great. You tried this oh, in Greek is. yogurt, Milena? This is... Yeah, this put like the vanilla with strawberries in there. I like because it's thicker too. It's like yeah. a syrupy thick. It's some good stuff. Good, good stuff there. Yeah, anyway. what a time to be alive. 2023, dieting. That's what I'm... That's what I don't get. It's so... Like, I'm not even going to get so on stage. So many great alternatives. Probably ever again. And I'm still eating clean because it's, why not? Why wouldn't I? You know, there's like <laughs> carb-free tortillas and all these things. It's like, I know. And yeah. protein bars taste like candy bars now. Yeah. The only thing I would say, the only downside is the healthy sugar-free stuff is a little more expensive. Like, a protein bar is more expensive than a candy bar. But, you know, yeah. you got to make sacrifices yeah. because your health is priceless. Yeah. So, so anyway, that's all for that. Onto the podcast. <laughs> onto the podcast. Onto the podcast. So, so yeah. On, actually, let's talk about where you're at right now. Oh, gosh. You know, so I um, competed at the Arnold Classic a little over two weeks ago. Uh, that first week back in Vegas was like my, you know, 
Wait, has it been two weeks? Or no, three weeks. This Saturday's three weeks, right? <gasps> yeah. No, wait, wait, wait. Last Saturday was three weeks. Because it's, wait, hold on. Let's do math. Oh, so today's March what, the 3rd, twi- right? 20th right now. Where are we at? That's, this is three weeks. Oh, it can't be three weeks. March 4th, right? That was it. So, okay. So, so no, two weeks, two and a half weeks. Two and a half weeks. Okay, anyway. You're just in, you're just gone for so long. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you were gone three weeks ago, though. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that first week back, you know, from the Arnold was like my getting into the routine, getting it, re- establishing my routine again. Because once you're in Ohio for like 10 days, which I was because I was visiting my family, it definitely throws off your schedule, your routine. You just feel so out of whack, out of sorts. That post-show hangover added to it, which no alcohol involved. I always have to say that. No alcohol <laughs> involved in the post-show hangover. It's just that feeling that you got hit by a bus a day or so after you get back uh, from your show. Even if even if you don't travel. Even if the show's in Nevada, I experience it too. It's like, yeah. just feel so wiped out. Adrenaline dump or something. Oh, yeah, it's like that. all that uh, adrenaline you give on stage, the emotion, and then you're just like zapped afterwards but anyway um so that first week back was just like establishing my routine again my lifts were you know I only worked out I think four times that week um at like 50 percent like intensity so just getting a pump just kind of getting back into the swing of things and then last week um I started feeling much better and I feel amazing right now and I think my physique shows it too yeah and yeah I, I feel stronger more motivated I've been sleeping better everything's good right now. My personality's back. I'm way more creative and clever. Like I was getting kind of boring there for a little (laughs) bit. And, you know, I was thinking, I'm wondering like the shift in how I feel now versus like before the shows. Um, I, I even told you, I haven't felt this good in a long time, like before Olympia, which got me thinking, I wonder if one of the reasons why those two preps were especially hard is stress and just kind of working up scenarios in my mind. And I think like, you know, with stress, it's connected to your body too. I think I really just unintentionally stressed myself out those last two preps because right now I feel amazing. And I was thinking too, and in last year, like my preps, except for Olympia and Arnold's, they weren't like that. I just put so much pressure on myself, so much stress, like, it really got me thinking. I, I bet you that's why it's exceptionally hard. Like, and it kind of makes everything harder. Your your mindset, your motivation, you're not getting as good lifts because you're not as motivated. And you're, I'm, probably that's why I couldn't sleep as well either. I wonder. Stressed out. Ever, I don't know. I told you that scenario about working with CPAs. Uh, for somehow, somehow. CPA? Um, basically an accountant that does like book work for taxes and stuff. Uh-huh. So, I somehow at one point of my career had a bunch of CPAs. I had like three or four. I don't know if they're all in the same office or how it happened. It just happened to have quite a few of them. And it was a, it was a really alarming thing to me because it was no big deal. It was just whatever, regular job. Um, I just asked them because they're, they're sedentary, right? In their life, in their work. And then, so I knew. And then when tax season came around, all of them results stopped. All of them. And I was like, what? what? And like it, I, I put the dots together. And that it was only during that last month, only during like April, right? When tax season kicks in and the last, the last couple of weeks of April, last like three weeks, but it was all of them. And it was two years in a row. So I was like, what is going, so either they're not working out as hard and they're just focused on something completely different or the stress of them was getting to them. And it like kind of ceased the results where they weren't sleeping mm-hmm. and that ceased the results or just the stress in general. And I was like, that's so weird. And as soon as tax, taxes are all filed, boom, results again, right. all of them. 
So there's something to it, right? I think we underestimate the mind part of the prep, right? It's yeah. like, and I think too, is like, I'm not a person that's deep in my fuels. I just push through whatever, not even going to think about it. But when I actually do sit down and think about it, I wonder if that could be the reason why those last two preps were exceptionally hard. I mean, of course I'm, you know, I want to look my best to show. So maybe, I, you know, I get extra, put an extra um, effort towards it for sure. But it just, yeah, the way I feel now in comparison, it's just like night and day. Like I feel so bad about like being so antisocial towards my friends. <laughs> like I'm finally returning voicemails, guys. Like, I'm sorry. Don't <laughs> judge me when I was contest prepping. I got the contest prep cranky so bad. Um, but yeah, I just, something I was thinking about because I'm sure you notice a difference. And actually my physique is, I want to say responding Better than it ever has for just coming off a show. Yeah. I thought I looked really good at my team. Yeah, I was I was very happily surprised with it. There was the bounce back was like there was a, a tiny I think last week when you first got back from the Arnold, there was a little bit of like fluff from the bounce back or whatever. But then this week I was like, Are we doing a show next week? What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> fuller, you look just as almost as hard and fuller and just look, you know, vibrant and uh happy and healthy and yeah. you know, there's just something about the glow when someone's like not prepped out too you know mm -hmm. there's something about the glow of the of the physique you know so i was like man this is surprisingly and, and the calories are pretty they're in a good spot they're in the middle of yeah. where they were um 16 something at this point 16 something if i remember correctly and so yeah so yeah I'm, barely doing cardio two times 25 minutes right now yeah. so yeah and and i just want to clarify too because i can't assume that everyone knows like the how the sport works. The Arnold Olympia are the two biggest shows. So like if you listen to this podcast, you probably heard me say this a few times, Olympia and Arnold, they're exciting shows, but they're not fun shows. And there's a difference. I look forward to it. It's exciting, but it's very high pressure, all business. It's like, ah, I feel like so much weight is on my shoulders. And then, yeah, just this last week, I feel like, oh my gosh, I've, I feel like me again. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't usually have preps like that, but those two, that's what happens. It doesn't happen to any other prep except for those two. Yeah. Like every prep throughout last year was golden. I, I want to say kind of easy, but this one, whew, this last two. So, you know, yeah. got that out of the way, got the Arnold out of the way. But I want to talk a little bit about something that I don't know if you guys are aware of. Actually, the only place I mentioned it was in, one of my YouTube videos, my last YouTube video. But I want to kind of talk about something juicy here. You, Adam, actually didn't want me to compete at the Arnold. Yeah. And I I want to clarify, I mean it in a good way. Like yeah. it's not and I want to explain. No, okay. yeah, let's go. I'm always I'm an open book. <laughs> okay. I want to I want to explain the scenario to you guys. So looking back on it, would I have done the Arnold with all things considered? I, I don't know because it did take a lot out of me, but here's the thing. What made it difficult is, um, you have to apply for the Arnold before the Olympia happened. It was like a few weeks before the Olympia happened, I think is when it was due. And once they pick you to be invited, you're on a list of 10 girls, just 10, just 10. And when the, after Olympia, I was like, oh man, I feel like, you know, I, I feel good with my third place and I want to like kind of keep my momentum there. Cause once you do good at a big show, you, some, you most of the time you just want to keep it there, you know? Um, but I, 
again, I applied for the Arnold not knowing how I would do at the Olympia. And it was a big decision for me too, for a few reasons. Like I, I had, <laughs> I have to get eye surgery at some point. I don't know if you guys know, but I have like, um, strabismus. I think it's called esthotopia. Um, so it's double vision 24 seven. Um, doesn't affect my health though. So please no pity messages. Don't feel sorry for me. It's fine. We all have our things that hold us back, but I have 24 seven double vision. I was debating, should I get the eye surgery at that point? Cause that would be a gap that maybe it could start competing in May again, or should I go from the Arnold? And again, since I had to apply before Olympia happened, I was in a place where I was like, well, maybe I want to improve from the Olympia. I don't know. Maybe there's, you know, I, I always try to take advantage of the big opportunities, the big shows. Arnold's a great show and I love doing it. But I was like, should I get the eye surgery or not? And I want to clarify to you, it doesn't affect my health in any way. I don't know if I just said that or not, but it doesn't affect my health. It's not like uh, detrimental to my, it's more of an annoyance. Like I have double vision. It affects my depth perception. Uh, I can't really drive that much at night. I have to wear special glasses when I'm driving. Um, and it even it might, might affect my routine a little bit, the double vision, uh, just cause of the depth perception thing and spatial awareness and everything. Um, but yeah, don't worry about me. It's fine. I have to get it eventually. And the recovery for the freaking eye surgery takes so long. I think when people think of eye surgery, they think of that LASIK surgery where it's like maybe two days down and you just, you know, next two days you're fine. And now they had to put you under completely. They have to cut the little muscles in your eye and adjust them and suture them. And the thing is about this eye surgery is it takes so freaking long to recover. And I can't work out for a while because those little blood vessels, like you can't raise your heart rate or blood pressure because those little blood vessels in your eyeball will pop. You can't recover. Yeah. So it's like, you have to be pretty dang sanitary and then start with freaking like five pound weights and not get your your blood pressure, heart rate raised. So anyway, enough about that. No, one, one thing on that. How long was it the last time? <sighs> like six weeks. Six weeks. Of six like weeks. Sedentary, basically. Walk, yeah, just like after, walking around, yeah. not raising heart rates. And even you would think like, okay, well, maybe you can lift. Like you can't lift heavy because that's going to raise your heart rate and blood pressure and everything. So it was very limited. And I had to wear for like three months, I, had, I couldn't even wear contacts. And my, my eyesight is bad anyway I can't see without contacts or glasses I'm like a negative 5.5 so anyway I couldn't do I couldn't even wear makeup for that long um but anyway I have to get it eventually and I'll honestly I should probably get it at the end of this year after after Olympia and maybe I won't do the Arnold next year but anyway I'm going on a tangent too long enough about my eyeball um <laughs> you didn't want me to do it because you thought like hey your momentum's good let's keep it here and just work on it and then me I'm like once I did get invited and I saw that there was only 10 girls on that list, I felt like I'm, I'm a very, there's one thing about me. I'm very reliable, you know, yeah, very. if I commit to something, I'm going to do it. I don't care how I'm going to do it. If I say I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. So for me, I don't like to drop out of shows. Like I think that looks a little unprofessional, especially when the list came out. And so, yeah. If you can see my scenario, I'm in a position where I'm like, okay, well, if I would have known I got third at the Olympia, probably would have just kept it there, got my eye surgery, and then came back in May, hopefully. So, yeah, you didn't want me to compete, <laughs> but I was like, I feel like I have to now. <laughs> yeah. 
there's there's a few reasons for it too and one of them one of them the biggest one is momentum it's like hey we're good there and then the second one was it's just the time frame in between the shows you know with with the olympia just happening and then there being you know everyone being advanced there there was really not a a chance of really anyone making huge improvements to their physique unless they had a bad olympia appearance right and everyone who had a good olympia appearance pretty much placed exactly where they did at the Olympia, right? It's like pretty yeah. much exactly the same order. And then we got, and I got sick too, you yeah. know, the afterwards. Sick, the sick one was really well. But again, like, oh, it's yeah. not like, it's not like you can say to the IFBB Pro League, like, hey, I'm dropping out because I got, I got the flu for a week. That's not a valid response. Like yeah. uh, a lot of people got sick, but with everything considered, is that what, that's what makes it tough. Like it's I'm a tough stuck. one. Cause we're, we're back and forth on that one for a couple of weeks. And it was just, I was like, well, let's just do it. And then I know. I, I already knew that, what the answer was going to be because you, you once you once you say yes, it's yes. So it's kind of like pointless. But I was like, you know, here's my here's my two cents. Take it for what it is. And yeah, it was just for all those scenarios, the sickness, the the eye thing too. Um, which I'm I, I do hope you get that at the end of the year. Yeah, you know, I would like and to just get that it's in. yeah. I'm just delaying it. I'm I'm procrastinating with yeah. the eye thing. It doesn't really affect my actual like life. It's not life threatening. It's not a health issue. It's just yeah. an annoyance. But we all have annoyances. Yeah. We all have our things. Yeah, and I'm lucky. Mine is just one eyeball. Last time it was two eyeballs. Yeah. this time it's one eyeball. And when you have the surgery, there's a chance it goes back, which it did last yeah, time. Yeah, on only one, one eye though. Yeah, this so. eye stayed good. This one. So hopefully this time that one stays good too. Or yes, remind me, remind me when I start thinking, should I apply for that? Yeah. At that point, <laughs> you guys, Adam, you got to be like, Ashley, maybe let's get the eyes yeah. fixed. I'm going to call your mama on that one. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't want it to <laughs> mama get Mama, can we make get her poor eye fixed? Uh, <laughs> so, I guess it's me yeah. too. I'm a little scared of cat getting put under. It isn't know, the most scary. comfortable thing with the eye, especially on the eyes. And then you, know? you get all bloated from the medicines and stuff. I'm just, uh, Yeah, it's a bad. It's and a bad I don't want to be sedentary. I want to like. Ashley's a mover. I'm a, a mover. Super mover. Yeah. I've Can't never seen her move as much down. as her. So. Yeah, so those are a couple of reasons with the Arnold, but that was the main thing is, you know, the the odds of improving in a 10-week period while you were sick for the first, you know, week, which it was like really like 10 days. And when you think about that, in terms of a 10-week prep, that's like, if you're sick for 10 days, that's 15% of the time. So if you have 15% of the time to try to make any improvement when you're getting worse, now we need to spend X amount of time to get back to where we were, and then you need to spend remaining time to get better. And it just, the timeline just didn't make sense, you know? Yeah. So especially if someone, let's say... Um, people who placed ahead of you were like perfectly fine and, and dandy after the Olympia, that's like a pretty extreme disadvantage. You know, you have people who can make minor, you know, minor improvement in that period, but they don't lose any time. You lost, you know, half of that prep basically when you're talking about downtime and recovery to where you were prior to it. So it just didn't make a lot of sense, but it was just one of those scenarios where, um, you know, I, in the end, I think that uh, everyone is is happy that you stuck to the commitment. I'm yeah. happy you stuck to the commitment on it. You know, I don't, I don't know if anything would have really changed, you know, but I w if we had six months, I think something could have changed, you know? So, um, yeah. but, but all in all, yeah, I'm happy with what we brought. Um, you're, you're improved over last Arnold. Yes. And, but, uh, Olympia to Arnold. Yeah. Probably a little better at the, at the, at the, yeah. Olympia, you know, and Just, you know, it, it, something to keep in mind too for next year is there's a bigger gap from the Olympia. So the Olympia is in November this year and yeah. then, but still we got to think about eyeball, yeah. <laughs> but maybe a year off the Arnold, maybe one year. You know, but not a year off off season because no. listen, that brings us to the next point. So after this, like I don't know, I think some trainer or something made like a video that I need to take an off season, and 
And after that, I got I got a lot of like, Ashley needs to take time off from the stage. Oh my gosh! Because if she takes time, if she takes an off season, she'll win Olympia. Yeah, yeah. If it were only that easy, right? <laughs> if it were only that easy, I'd take a whole year off and I guaranteed first place. Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't I'd, that be nice? I'd do that. I would. I would pay you to do that. <laughs> like, Wouldn't like, that be nice? But here's the thing: that's not guaranteed at all. And then I. I'm not a risk taker, guys. I do not want to put my eggs all into one basket. And I kind of want to kind of explain our little off-season scenarios because um, I don't think a lot – people think of it super surface level, but they don't understand the complexities of it all. And me as an individual because everyone's journey is different, right? And I think mine's way different from most people, and I think a little differently. Um, But – I just wanted to kind of say this. I have taken off seasons before, you know. I think people see that I've competed a lot or win a lot, and they think that, like, I'm in, like, some sort of, like, major deficit all year. They probably think I'm eating 800 calories a day, doing two hours of cardio every single day of my life because I'm prepping for the next show. My preps, in comparison, are pretty easy, with the exception of Arnold and Olympia. But I would say my... I almost feel guilty how easy my preps are sometimes, honestly. Um, I just kind of coast in. I'm good at maintaining. But um, I have taken off season. I've taken a year off before. I've had years where I competed three times instead of 11. And there isn't much difference in improvement. But what I can say is I am improving, but at a slow rate for a few reasons. And one of the reasons, I like how you brought it up that one day, I have no more newbie gains to be had. Okay, I've been competing and training for over 10 years, but I was also a track athlete back in the day. So I've been lifting for a long, long time. So it's not like I'm going to just take, you know, six months off and just boom, jacked. Yeah. It's not how it works. (laughs) So if you want to go into a little bit about like newbie gains and why I don't, have any more newbie gains my my improvements i'm going to make are slow they're not going to be like oh my gosh next show she's she's like buff you know it's not like that easy it's it's uh <laughs> it's surprising yeah because the thing is a lot of a lot of people put here's the thing that we i think as an athlete you need to look at too is your progress isn't just scale weight yeah and i think that people th- really associate progress with scale weight and that's really a bodybuilder thing you know and um, it's really funny because even bodybuilders, scale weight wise, don't really go up as much as you would think they were. There was, there was a, a funny, a funny story, and it was like really funny. It was like probably 2010 or something. It was this bodybuilder, it was my good friend of mine, and I was talking to him. He did really good at Junior USA's, and you don't get your pro card at Junior USA's. Ended up winning the overall there, I think it was at that year, um, 2010, 2012. I forget. But um, anyway, so he was. I was like, yeah, what are you going to do now? He's like, well, I'm gonna just going to prep for a whole year. I'm going to take a long off season. I'm going to come back to USA's uh, next year and I'm going to be six pounds to eight pounds heavier. And I was like, oh, I was like, that's pretty ambitious, dude. He's like, yeah, he's like, I could do it. Though. I've done it before. I can do it. So this guy, you know, he's a bodybuilder, obviously, he's, you know, taking super subs and all that stuff, trying to get as big as he can for the USA's the next year. And I'm like, you know, he's looking pretty big. He's looking pretty good. USA's time's rolling around and um, he's getting there and I'm, I'm seeing him at the gym and he's looking good. He's looking better. And I was like, hey, um, what are you... Uh, are you going to net those six, those six, eight pounds? 
And he's like, he's like, dude, I'll be lucky if I weigh the same as I weighed last year. <laughs> I was like, wait, what do you mean? I'm like, you did, you worked your ass off this whole year. You ate, I saw you bulk. I saw you all this. He's like, yeah, he's like, I'm improved, but my scale weight is, the, is I might be two pounds lighter. He's like, I'm a little bit tighter, but not a lot tighter. He's like, I don't know. I don't know why I don't weigh more, you know? And I was like, that is weird that you didn't gain any weight because you do look better. But so he was like, yeah, he's like, what do you think? And so we like looked at his pictures. We went through posing, all that stuff. So when I was, when I was still working with bodybuilders and stuff and he's like, um, I was like, well, um, you're more detailed. You have more density, more detail. And there's your, your insertions seem to be crisper. I don't know if it's because of more like more actual muscle or if it's just more dense muscle or just more separation and detail in the muscle, but something's happened, right? It, it wasn't a waste, but he was like really bummed about it, you know, because he wanted to be heavier and heavier, you know, that type of thing. He was getting heavier in the off season, but it was just body fat apparently, right? So when we talk about a bodybuilder doing all those things, taking those supplements, doing all these crazy workouts, eating, bulking, all this, and then the next thing, the net is the same. Well, okay, maybe there is more to it than just scale weight, right? Maybe there's more to it than actual skeletal muscle. Maybe it is a little bit fuller, um, with, you know, carbs and whatnot like that, but actual banking on muscle, if he couldn't do that at a 10 year plus athlete, how much are you going to actually do? Maybe a pound or two, you know, year to year, like it's not going to be anything significant, you know? Mm -hmm. So what I look at is the year off you had, then I look at 2018, you competed four times in 2018. Mm -hmm. And then I look at the next year when you started really competing more often, 2019, I think it was eight times. I think it was. I actually think that was another four. Another or four. three, actually. No, three regular shows plus Olympia. Okay, so you started four. going off in at, 20 at then. 2020 is when I started going crazy because okay. I got a lot of... Well, no. Even 2020, I competed four times. Okay. 2021, I started competing a lot because girls <laughs> kept complaining that I was stealing spots. So I'm like, oh, I competed four times <laughs> and you're complaining? Watch me now. And then I competed, I think, like, what, 14 or 16? No, 16 times? I don't yeah. know. But that's when I started going crazy with yeah. some people complained. I, I love that. I love yeah. that. I love that so much because those same girls that were complaining ended up winning equal amount of shows as you competed in that they were complaining about, period, that same year. So like, <sighs> that didn't age well. Hypocritical at the, at the utmost amount of hypocritical. Yeah, that's embarrassing. Know. That's embarrassing. So anyway, so with, with that being said, you have taken that time and you have made improvements. And even what's even crazier is if you look at the pictures of the time off till the year you started competing a lot, you actually made less progress in those years than you have in the years you've been competing a lot. Noticeably in the shoulders and the mm -hmm. upper outer edge of the glute and the tie-in too, like the crispness of the actual tie-in. Yeah. If you look at just the last three years of competing, counting this year, you will see the improvement being greater than the 2018 to, to, to 2020. So, um, yeah, so there's, you know, I think that there's a lot of like system formulation that's gone into it with our system, which is really cool because we get to use this practical example of a, a real life test that you're kind of like the ultimate test, like uh, mm -hmm. the guinea pig for us, yeah. right? And it's really helped me because I'm doing things that I didn't think I could do prior and you're doing the things that someone I didn't think yeah. humanly could do prior right I'd be like oh the most we can do is like five shows right and mm -hmm. still make improvements but you're physically doing it yeah we have data we have scans we have uh the doctors will run your health everything's mm -hmm. perfectly fine like it's it's it doesn't a lot of it doesn't make sense until you do it you know and yeah. it, it, it shouldn't it's one of those things that shouldn't work but it does yeah and it's it's uh and I understand the argument because I would argue against it if I wasn't me I would argue against it you yeah. know so I understand where people come from when they're mm -hmm. like, you should just do this. You should just do this because on the, by the book, you really should. But there's, again, there's no studies done on an advanced athlete 
doing competitions this frequency at this elite of a level with great genetics and who isn't starving themselves each time, right? Yeah. We only look at the extreme examples. Oh, that girl ruined her metabolism because she was doing two hours of cardio eating 800 calories. Well, you're not doing that, so it doesn't fit yeah. you. I've, no. I don't think I've yeah. ever done that. You've never done that. Yeah, I don't think I don't think we'd ever. I, I would think at that point I'd be like, let's yeah. just scrap the show. Yeah, yeah exactly. I was gonna say I don't think you would. Yeah. yeah. And so it's that's so that's the thing is it's if I don't think it's for everyone. You know, I don't think everyone could hold on to their conditioning as easily as you can. Now, I will say just to just so you guys are like, oh, she has it easy. Getting her in shape is not easy. Yeah. Keeping her in shape relatively easy, but she gets she stays in shape because she's also like mechanically a machine in terms of food consumption, right? It's like, you could just, it just, it doesn't matter. It's just rinse and repeat on her menu. It doesn't, yeah. you know, it's, yeah. she's just in that, in that mind frame. So yeah, so you have made a lot of improvements and I've been, um, I've been noticing them and I've been looking at them closely and, um, you know, usually I would really disagree with you competing as much and, but with you, it just seems to work and you make these minor improvements. And I don't mm -hmm. think, you know, let's say they do, you competing often does hinder you making results. There has to be some hindrance, right? We can't be like completely oblivious. To I that. think most of the hindrance is like when I have to travel and I miss like a week of training because it's yeah. not the same. Peak week training isn't the same as like regular yeah. training. And when you take and into travel and and the whole recovery after you get back, like for for example, when I got back from Arnold, whoo, yeah, workouts were not the same then. And you have a deload. So if you if you take let's say a cumulative time over the course of a year in twelve shows, twelve peak weeks, let's just say twelve. That's, that's a, that's a full 12 weeks of that are, aren't your best. So yes, one fourth of the time you're not giving your best effort in the gym. That is a deterrent probably equal to the, the, the result, the lack of result, right? So let's say you make 75% of the results that you would make if you were taking a full off season. Well, you're also not working out 75 or 25% of the time mm -hmm. to offset that. And maybe the week after the, the hangover week you're getting, and your hangover weeks are not a full week. They're like three to five days. Depends on if I'm going from the East Coast. That's true. That's, That's true. a full week. So then you accumulate that into the window. And now we're talking five months of not your best workout. So, yeah. um, you know, and that arguably that's your deload weeks where mm. you needed a deload anyway. So, yeah. you know, there's, there's a lot for it, but it's a, it's a whole case study on its own, which yeah. honestly, I feel like the expert people who talk about these things should use you as a case study more so than a, you shouldn't do. Yeah. They should be like, why does it work? Cause that's how I looked at the Brazilians when they were getting their glutes like crazy, you know, getting their glutes as big as my desk, they're like, they're like, I'm like, how are they doing it? And oh, they're working out their glutes, their legs five days a week. How, how are they doing that? Yeah. I saw it. I was like, that's stupid. Right. The first thing I thought that was stupid, right. Yeah. Cause I'm all, I'm book smart, you know? And then I was like, hold on, step back. Don't be a science guy right now. Be a meathead right now. Mm -hmm. Use some bro science. Does it work? Yes. How, why does it work? And how does it work? Why yeah. do you know? Oh, they're advanced athletes. Oh, they're flipping their workouts, quad based glutes hamstrings glutes yeah like when you uh, expand back and yeah. look how they're doing it okay now that makes sense uh, yeah oh they worked up to that okay oh they're you know genetically already had big legs and we're doing beach volleyball all the time anyway so they could recover faster okay that makes sense like so then you start adding these things up and you're like oh maybe it is humanly capable right and then you're like well the results are there so it is happening so it's like so you have to like you know let go of what we think you know sometimes when the proof is right in your face. You right. Know? Well, I would say, you know, we are all different. We all have different lifestyles and genetics and things that motivate us and drive us. And what my technique might not probably doesn't work for the next person. But my, the way I look at it is like, and, and I use this analogy in our one Arnold recap video thing, but you know, I compete so frequently, right? Um, but we do it in a smart way. I want to stress that I'll say I train smarter, not harder. I'm not 
beating myself to the ground. Okay. I listen to my body. And if I feel like, Oh, I'm not right. I'm not going to be ready for the next show. I'm not going to push it if it's not going to happen. Okay. I am very aware of my body, how I feel, how I look. If I'm looking too stringy, Adam will be like, ah, Ashley, maybe let's take a month to, you know, fill out a little more and, you know, get back on our little routine. And, you know, so I'm not doing anything stupid and my progress is slow but consistent. And it's because I do it like the healthy way. I don't want to rush results. If you get what I'm saying, I'm trying to do this healthy. I'm in this for the long run, not the short bursts of an awesome season and then I'm done. No, I'm in this for the long run. And that's what I'm trying to prove. Like you can do this long-term. You just got to be smart about it. Okay. And I've been competing for over 10 years. So I hope I'm the example of that. And bikini was made to be that way. Bikini wasn't made to be like some miserably draining thing like it is in bodybuilding where it's so you have to exert yourself so much and push your body to the limits to where it might not be healthy. It's not like that for bikini. It's not supposed to be. So I don't want to like give that short burst of like an awesome, you know, take this huge long off season just for that short burst. I'm in this for the long run. Okay. Slowly, but surely we're making results. And I like to use this analogy too with the hair growth. Okay. You know, I compete frequently. So I'm, you're probably not going to see results from show to show to show. Okay. Cause it's spread throughout. Um, just like with your hair, you're not going to see your hair grow tomorrow's. You're not going to be like, Oh yeah, it grew, it grew longer. Maybe guys can tell a little more because your hair short, but for girls, <laughs> you're not going to be like, yeah, I can tell my hair grew last night. You're not going to notice in a week, probably. You're not going to be like, oh, yeah, I can tell. Maybe in a month, maybe uh, after a few months, you might be able to tell, okay? But if you look from year to year, you'll be like, oh, yeah, my hair did grow. Like, have you ever seen those those pictures of like, or those little videos of people taking selfies every day for a yeah. year and how they change and their facial hair grows? That's, you know, kind of how I look at it. If you look from a year to year standpoint, rather than a month to month or a show to show in my scenario, like you'll see that there, I have made results. It's just that you see me on stage so much. It doesn't appear to be that way. And sometimes from show to show, from month to month, maybe you don't see any. And that's how it is with any prep. If you don't nail your your peak week or whatever, you might not see results. And maybe that's not an indication you didn't make improvements, but more so you just didn't have the best peak week or whatever, or didn't peak as well, or whatever. You know, bodies are weird. They do weird things. So, you know, I, I'm okay with doing it for the long run. That's my goal. I, I'm not trying to just give it all and just quit next year. And I think a lot of girls do that. And that's not me. I don't want to do that. And, you know, when we were talking about like, oh, if I took off, people act as if I took off like this long off season and I'll win the Olympia. That's such a big risk. And it's silly because how bad would it suck if I took off all year until the Olympia and then I got like lower than I placed last year? How bad would that suck? I missed out on so many fun memories and shows and places to travel and memories. I think people put so much weight onto Olympia. Like it's the only show that exists and it's not, not to me. I mean, it's an important show. Of course I want to win it again. Of course, but it's not everything. And I'll even say this, even if I was guaranteed second and took all year off, I'd rather do 12 shows and get third. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's I'm like, that's way more 
exciting. I get to make all these memories, travel the world. You know, I would like, I just don't see that how I get it. It's the Super Bowl of the sport, but it's not everything. There are other shows that I have just as good memories with that aren't the Olympia. And even like I keep saying, Olympia and Arnold are exciting, but they're not fun. Yeah. I want to have fun. I want to have fun. I want to make the most of this. So I'm, you know, I competed how many times last year? 12? 12, 12. 12 times. Got third place at Olympia. That's great. It's a great year. That's a great year. <laughs> yeah. Maybe let's try to move up for next year, but I'm still going to compete. Like I'm not going to put my eggs all into one basket because it's not guaranteed. I think that's silly. I think that's really silly. Yeah. You know? And you see it happen all the time at the Olympia. Some girl yeah. will get top five and then the next year she gets 10 and back in the top five. And, they get these, and that, yeah, she takes the, the year time. off of thinking that she needs to make the improvements and maybe she does improve, but not in the right ways. And you know, there's more to improvements than just muscular wise too. Posing, hair, makeup, tan, presentation, um, you know, conditioning. Yeah. There's, there's a lot more. And, you know, with the division, I don't want to say it changes, but it evolves, you know? So different years are looking for different things. And like, for example, back in, back when I was winning Olympia, no, no judge ever told me my shoulders were too small, but they were way too small back then for sure. But it's just something I could get away with, you know? But now this it's evolved. It's more competitive. Things change. They look for different bodies. It, you know, it's always changing. So in order to keep up with the look, I think it is smart to test yourself throughout the year. Test it. Yeah. Say like, oh yeah, the girls now that are, yeah, they're, they're much fuller now. Or, oh, I see that they're posing this way now. Or, you know, I think it's good to um, be aware of what's going on in the sport. And the best way to do so is by competing. You yeah, know, you don't want to get cut off guard with that. It's, yes, it's, we got caught off guard at the Arnold. It's, it's happened, like it's happened to me a few times where it's like these this little things pop up. Like, I'm like, oh, when did this start? We didn't like, get the memo. Yeah, I, I remember I was at, you know, I, I didn't have a men's physique guy there. You know, I have I have, a, I have a couple men's physique pros, but I didn't have a men's physique guy there. But it was a Vancouver. I think it was a Vancouver pro when I first saw it, and you were there. You were competing, mm -hmm. and there was a Vancouver men's physique, and um, all of a sudden, you know, well, obviously, you know, Andre started the double hand on hip. Uh -huh. right thing and i knew he was doing it but that's a him thing right he can open up all the way and he still looks good he can keep his v taper a lot of guys can't keep their full v taper with the hand on hip double hand on hip and um i went to the vancouver and i was like every guy there had his double hand on hip you know and i was like wait a minute now i have now every guy has like we have to switch your pose because literally everyone's doing it you know so luckily now it's not 100 percent that anymore but that mm -hmm. year was like everyone everyone it was it was so smart too like it really audrey kind of screwed everyone because so many guys don't look good like this because their shoulders come in and they can't open up so like if he could that was like the the best thing that could happen because everyone started doing what he what he could do 100 percent. they could only do 90 everyone started doing it. that was like this the best thing but yeah it caught me off guard I was like when did this change you know and that happens with bikini posing all the time you know yeah. it, it just you know that when it when that transition went from like the 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 drop back pose to mm -hmm. the side this full side pose it was pretty quick you know you could just be off stage for five months and then come back to that you're the only one posing that way you know yeah. so yeah so those things you do got to keep up with it so. yeah and even the physiques too because even if you look online at the uh, the photos or even if you're sitting in in the audience seeing like the other bikini girls that are winning and stuff you don't know how you look against them until you stand next to them because you know what the photos can be deceiving and you can't like it's not like you can photoshop your body next to theirs on stage it's different lighting different so bodies are changing you yeah. got to keep up with it and i don't know i just have a different mindset than people i think a lot of people 
make it seem a lot easier than it is when it comes to improvements and putting on muscle. They think like, oh yeah, actually just take some time off and build <laughs> muscle, but just uh, train the shoulders and yeah, you'll be good. Is that how it's going to work? I mean, jeez. If it were that easy, wouldn't we all be on the Olympia like, stage? Oh, that's what we should have oh, been doing. Training shit, shoulders. Haven't. Oh, my heavens. <laughs> Is that how I you get the bigger? I thought of that. Before. I have not tried that. Literally been a trainer since what? I was 16 years old. Like, <laughs> it's, I, I want to say, like, you know how they say, like, armchair quarterbacks? Yeah, yeah. We get a lot of armchair coaches. Not actual coaches, but like competitors yeah. or people that are familiar with the sport. Yeah, you should just maybe work on your shoulders. <laughs> like I do, yeah. I do. We all have body parts that are stubborn. So funny. every one of us, every single one of us, no one is a complete person. And even like I said, even the Olympia winners are out there working on one flaw they have. Everyone has it, you know. So we're getting there, guys. We're getting there. Just you know. Trust us, this, this arm is growing as we speak. As I'm sitting in this chair, this arm is growing very slowly. I can hear it. Yeah. <laughs> if it you listen, grow it's, it's if you listen closely, you can hear it. It's like yes. just look. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know? So it's, yeah, I just, I just wanted to address that because I think like everyone, I guess the moral of this episode is just like everyone thinks they know, but until you're a coach or you know your own body, it's not as simple as it appears or it's not as easy as it seems because if it were that easy, if it was just like, yeah, just take some time off and grow your shoulders and you'll be good. Wouldn't we all be amazing coaches or yeah. Olympian athletes? Well, what would happen is you guys would all be perfect. Yes. There'd be no way to do You'd judge. be like, oh, well, oh, yeah. your, your calves are, oh, well, why don't you just take six <laughs> months off and just work on them? <laughs> it's like Play-Doh, like you just put it on. And, then yeah. <laughs> and, you can and you can apply that to every single body part, yeah. and then you'll be good. You'll be Olympian in no time. Everyone would be absolutely flawless. Right. I would just put them in a Staiku scanner. I would 3D scan them. I'd say you need three quarters of an inch here. You need half an inch here. That's uh, I would come up with a formula at this point. Yes. You're like, oh, that's exactly 12 and a half weeks. Yes. <laughs> here you go. And you'll be perfect. at the, Like that would be, it would be so, it would be great if that was the way it right. worked. Yeah, but it's just not, you know. If so. the recipes were that easy, you know, if it were just as simple as, yeah, let's take that time and uh, you're guaranteed to do better. Yeah. And everyone just has a different approach to what they're capable yes. of in terms of their mindset too. Yes. That's another thing that people don't understand too. You know, because- my, my job is to get as much out of Ashley as possible on stage, right? How can I maximize Ashley on stage? Okay. Is it holding her back for a year and then only peaking at the Olympia? Well, the reality is, is Ashley, the argument is she'd be better if she did that, right? But the, my argument against that is Ashley's not motivated when she's not competing as much. Who do you know who's better when they're not as motivated, right? So I would rather take the weeks we have of extreme motivation versus, hey, you're going to compete in a year, Ashley. Hope you're motivated today to work out. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's it's not, you know what I mean? And then I have others on the other end of it you could look at that need off seasons and need a full mental break and need yeah. a full diet break, right? Because they're not going to be 100% if they've been doing 100% like you've been doing the whole time. I know I can't take someone from, some people from a diet stage to an extreme diet stage or else they'll crumble at the end, mm -hmm. right? And they're going to mess up. So there's a lot of, psychological things that go into yeah. it too and some people are just better just staying in the zone if, if Ashley's moving on a train track 100 miles per hour I don't want to throw something on the train on the rails right yeah like I mean look what happened to Ohio you it's know like, we like, don't want that know, happening you know toxic clouds and we can't drink the that. water we don't want that <laughs> poor Ohio man I'm My sorry home state. I'm sorry Palestine I'm sorry 
But, uh, <laughs> but you know what we went into too is you talked about one thing you talked about, um, which this will be, it's not juicy. It's actually a good thing uh, about the bodies evolving in bikini and whatnot. Um, actually, I had, a, I, had a, I had a phone call just a minute ago from JM Mannion. Thank you, JM, for your, for your call. Um, but we talked a little bit about the physiques of bikini. And I said, you know what? I wanted to, uh, you know, I talked to Tyler already. I said, tell Tyler I said, great job with how he's doing bikini right now and how they're judging bikini and, and how everything's not evolving so fast and so much and, and in, in the extreme conditioning and, and the extreme muscularity and all that like you guys seem to have toned it down a little bit and, and it's, he's like, yeah, this is where we want it to stop. We want it to be here. Um, and it, he said a lot of it was just, you know, making sure the judges were all on the same page There's a lot of judges. You got to get them all on the same page and agreeing with, Hey, this is what we want in terms of conditioning. This is what we want in terms of stop pushing it to the extreme, stop pushing it. And he's like, everyone's pretty aligned now. And so it just took a little while to get everyone like there's, you know, thousands of judges across the world. And he's like, so this is, we're kind of where we want it. So I'm glad that you noticed it. I was like, yeah. And I was like, sorry, I was like, I've been fighting on it. This is my sport. You know, I don't want to fight for it, fight for everyone. And he's like, no, we, we're, he's like, we're all, we all think the same thing. We don't want it to change. This is the, uh, the, you know, this is where people start competing as bikini and we want it to be attainable and reachable and, and not extreme. So, um, so thanks. He said, thanks for that. So I just wanted to put that out there because it was just, it's great to hear, you know, cause I think, uh, I was one who was talking about it a lot. And so I want to say that cause it's, it's something that I, I hold near and dear to my heart you know? And, um, but I also think it's great that they listen and that, you know, not because of me or anything like that, but just because they're listening to the audience and they're like, mm -hmm. you know, I think we were getting a little crazy. They pulled it right where they stopped it right there. And I thought it was just awesome. Um, just awesome how they're all just saying, Hey, this is bikini. You know, I want yeah. it to be how you said healthy and people be able, able to, do, to it. do it all year. Yeah. And I think it was described as like, the look is supposed to be like, oh yeah, the girl just came out the come out of the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> come wait. A girl, a fit girl you would see on the beach that maybe pull her out and then maybe uh, died in a few weeks. That's I exactly. guess it's like yeah. something like that, the that's, analogy. I mean, I died longer than that, but. <laughs> yeah, that's what Sandy said it to me. Nothing once to was. be like so intense to where it's like, you know. Yeah, Sandy said it to me once is it's supposed to be uh, a girl who maybe knew that she was going on a vacation to a beach mm -hmm. and had a couple months notice that she was going to go there and wanted to really work out and get her beach body in type of thing. That's how it's supposed to be, right? So fitness model on a beach, maybe dieted for a couple months just to get ready for that beach vacation. Fit girl who was already working at the gym just took it a little bit farther, that type of thing. So yeah, yeah it's gone a little farther. It's definitely farther than that now, but still <laughs> I'm okay with it. You know, if, if it can, you know, keep it around here, I think it's obtainable, it's reachable. It doesn't take too many extremes, which keeps girls from doing what you're doing, which is competing, you know, 10 times a year um, down to, you know, one time a year because it's so hard and it's so yeah. much on the body, you know, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. So yeah. And I want to say this too, and I... <laughs> Sorry to offend anyone. I'm just giving you a little heads up. Okay. I was a collegiate track athlete. Okay. I had two day practices on the track. My event was 400 meter hurdles. The practices were so hard. Like, and I'll be honest, training for track way harder than bikini. Okay. Way harder. I think a bikini, if anything, ha like maybe the diet's harder, right? Because yeah. you didn't really watch her diet in track. But the diet doesn't bother me. I've been an athlete my whole life. Track meets every weekend. This is my thing. I'm used to this. It doesn't like affect me, I think, as much as most people. I'm just, this is the life I live. And I think that's what bikini's supposed to be. So I'm trying to make it, I'm trying to live up to it, you know? Yeah. Not to say every bikini girl has to compete 10 times. But I think there are some bikini girls that give it a bad rap. I do because they're posting about how they're eating 800 calories, doing hours of cardio, like as like a bragging right. It's not supposed to be that way. And the only reason why it is that way is your off season was crap. Yeah. That's the only reason why. Cause you had a crap off season 
and you gain 30 pounds or whatever. Shouldn't happen. That should never happen. Okay. Don't let anybody tell you it should. <laughs> it shouldn't happen. Yeah. That's not healthy. And I think like people get it so twisted as if that's the healthy thing to take all this time off, gain a bunch of weight and then diet on minimal calories rather than me. I'm kind of like at maintenance calories for the most part. Sometimes it'll be higher after shows or if I'm trying to fill out, sometimes it'll be lower if I'm trying to get leaner, but nothing for an extended period of time and not hours and hours of cardio or anything like that. It's not, so don't let anybody try to convince you that's healthy or the way to do it. Yeah. That's not, it's not, but they make it sound like that's healthier than how we're doing it. Yeah, I don't get it. That's the badge of honor. Of the badge wearing, of honor? Yeah, the badge of honor for, I, I was so hardcore badge of honor. And I'm like, no, you don't get credit for being hardcore if you weren't hardcore at all in your off season. Like if I'm better than you on your diet and your off season and I don't even compete and you're someone who's trying to be a pro or trying to like, I want to get to the Olympia stage. And I'm like, and I'm dieting better than you and I have zero coming up. <laughs> like that's a problem, you know, that's a real problem. So it's, it's uh it's funny how, how you say that though, because it's a hundred percent because of the off season, but the people who they don't want to, they don't want to talk about their off season being so crappy. They just want to talk about how they're in season. They should be so, so celebrated because they're so extreme. And yeah. what's funny is, um, you know, this is a, a post a long time ago Damien made, which is really funny. He was like, he said the same thing. He's like, what are you bragging about doing two hours of cardio for and eating less than a thousand calories? Like, what are you doing in your off season where you would have to eat a thousand calories and do two yeah. hours of cardio? And you call yourself a pro athlete, you know? And, um, and it was like, yeah, dude, we, you know, he's not a big social media guy, but it was like, but he, but he talks, he's super real. And I was like, yeah, I'm totally in agreement with it. That was like a hundred percent. Right. You know, but, and those are the same people like, they're like, they, cause they have, they have zero control of their diet in the off season, right? That they have absolute control when they're in season. They can stick to it for 16 weeks, but then they go off and then they go so far, they don't want to get back on stage because the extreme it is. And then they just say, oh, prep ruined my, prepping ruined my, my metabolism, ruined my body. And I'm like, no, you were never good at maintaining your body, but you now blame prep because you need a scapegoat because you got in shape once and now you think that ruined your body. Like you're, you're probably hundred percent fine now at this point. Yeah. You probably extreme dieting will lower your testosterone, lower your T3, T4, right? It'll lower some things, but that's usually correctable when you start introducing calories again and like, you know, reducing cardio and whatnot. So no, it wasn't, nothing's probably ruined. You just never were good in the off season and you're now still not good. And now you're so far away from prep, your prep body that you don't even want to think about what it's going to take to get back there. So let's just yeah. blame prep ruining your body right so mm -hmm. that's the that's the the sad reality where, and then people celebrate it because the other girls who did the same thing who are no longer prepping want to have someone to cheer on that's doing what they did and they're in the same shoes that they are and you get this huge echo chamber of people who competed and now someone sees it from the outside like let's say some let's say you weren't a pro you're just amateur coming you're like i bet maybe i shouldn't be competing because it's ruined all these girls but i'm like no they never had control of their yeah. body. They never fixed that problem. You know, uh -huh. they didn't grow up playing sports like we did. I wrestled and I had to make, I had to wake weight class when I was, I had to make, you don't want to know what I wrestled at. It was this crazy weight. I'm not like almost a hundred pounds less than what I weighed at. When I wrestled at 19s and the only way, and now we're trying to get me to 12. They're like, if you're 12s, you could be a California state champion if you can get to 12s. So I started off the, the season like 138, 139. 19s as a wrestling, I had to maintain close to 125 to make weight. And if I was trying to make 12s so I could actually be competitive. And I, but it was like food was not a, it's not an option. I was like, I don't care. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't care. As long as I can still move, I'll eat whatever. And he's like, once you get, so that gets ingrained in me. And I think at a young age that got ingrained in me. And now prep dieting is like, oh, I got to eat, I got to eat 1600 calories, 1500 calories. This I'm full. Like, what you know what I mean? Like that's, it's kind of the same for you. Cause you're, you're just kind of weight based too. Cause you're running, you have to be light. Mm -hmm. So you're just kind of like, oh, I got to eat 
1,600 calories is a lot of food. <laughs> like, you know, so <laughs> I, when you take someone who's never done anything like that, any weight-based sports or anything like that, and you put them in this scenario as their first sport, this is ex- so extreme to them, it doesn't make sense. But I'm like, you got to eat a lot of calories considering. So that's why I'm not so good at, I'm still not so good at the understanding that the hardness to some people, because to me, I'm like, it's a lot of food. Like you should play other sports, like try, yeah. you know, like hockey's three hours, like, you know, practices. Football, be it's, one of the oh, linebackers. It's, oh, it's, <laughs> it's like these real sports are, it's a lot of time and it's not easy on your body. No sports easy on your body. I can't tell you how many times I've been like stitched up, concussed, like in hockey. Thank God we don't have that in bikini. I have yeah. not gotten the concussion yet in bikini. Thank God. <laughs> like it's it's just part of the sport, you yeah. know. Like you know, and you know, injuries. Just hope I don't get injured this season, any type of thing. And so you know, when you with that, with the extreme practices, all that. So it's like, yeah, this is when you you got to look at things. It is it is we are in a luxury sport. We don't get injured. We have luxury fun. We have like you get to meet a lot of friends. You get to you know it's and just do different. things on your own time. Yeah, that's a big thing train on your own time yeah didn't have that luxury in college track it was like first practice 6 a.m sharp on the track second one 2 p.m at the indoor track better be there yeah and you're doing exactly <laughs> how i'm telling you ours is the same before school wrestling after school wrestling then gym yeah gym time so after. how nice it is and then i had to control that pe in the middle of the day too they had to you know but back then they had weightlifting class in the middle of the day. So this was i was working out four times a day yeah, yeah. so it was, it's nice that we get to choose, like, yeah. oh, I can do cardio <laughs> at 6 a.m. today, or I can wait till 8, or I can do it at Planet Fitness. I can do it here at this gym. Isn't it nice? We yeah. get options. We get options. <laughs> but yes, exactly what you said. I And I think like that extreme prep mindset, people associate that and think that's what I do too. And it's not. And it's not supposed to be, you know? Again, slow and steady. We're doing this the healthy way. We're not running me into the ground. And I will... You know, there's two shows that, like, you can't really back out of the Olympia and the Arnold, but if there were any show, I just wouldn't put my contract in for it if I'm not feeling it. It might be a thought, like, oh, I want to do this one show in July, but I, you know, I wait till, like, the last week to submit my my, um, contract, and if I'm not feeling it, yeah, and I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you mentioned that too, because I think a lot of times people are like, "Oh, she's she's," because I, I will get idea. that. They're like, yeah. "Oh, she's just going to snipe a show because there's not any like names or whatever, big names or whatever." That's not at all what's happening. It's just she does so many that we don't know. Sometimes, like you know, I might do this show. Uh, Where's yeah. like a couple I might do shows already yeah. on this, and it's like we don't care. You know, obviously yeah. she doesn't care. She wouldn't, you know, go against tough competition. She does it all the time. Wins uh, big shows all the time. Yeah. And and get, never backs away from big shows. Oh, yeah. In. By yeah. the way, if I were to back out of the Arnold, you know what they would say. Oh, 100%. She only does the small shows. <laughs> she avoids the big ones. Forget about Pittsburgh, New York, Arnold Classic, UK, Arnold Classic. She only does the small shows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't discriminate against shows. I will do them all. And there is no such thing as a small show, really. I yeah. mean, they're all competitive and you don't know who's competing till you show up that day. Literally, yeah. I have no idea who I'm competing against till I show up that day. Oh, this person, this person. And I'm not there researching every single person and who they are and what show they won previously. I don't care. No offense. I don't care. I'm not worried about me. (laughs) So a lot of times we'll start our peak weeks, you know, starting on a Tuesday because we're not sure till basically that Monday. And even sometimes Tuesday, we're like, well, let's see what you look like Wednesday. Like, I think Wednesday has been the latest we've said for sure, even though we're like 90% type Mm -hmm. of thing. So it's just a matter of, you know, how our body's working, how it's responding. And that's with 
you know, because she is doing a lot of shows, it's just, you know, I think I might do this one. And, and yeah. as it gets closer, like, and you know. a lot of them is because a memory is attached to them or yeah. I had a great time or it's a cool location. Like there's one and I don't want to spoil it too early that I'm like, I, w- I don't care who's doing this one. It's at a cool location and I've never been there before. I want to experience this. And then some like the mile high, maybe not the biggest show. Maybe it is. We'll see that show day. But it's because that was my comeback show in 2018. And I've been competing there since. We spent so, so much time there. And then Denver. some of them is like, oh, this one has a cool trophy, like the Sasquatch. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that and I'm like, I got to, I got to do this one. So there's different reasons and it's not necessarily who's doing it, who's not doing it, whatever. You know, yeah. there's lots of reasons. But I um, I definitely want to point this out to you because we're talking about in my scenario how like my off seasons aren't extremely long. I think too, even if your mindset is there for some people, they actually need that. And I would say for those are more like the competitors, the newbies. Yeah. The newbies that actually need to lift <laughs> to put on some more muscle before they start cutting because they're new to the whole yes. sport, the gym. But like I said, I've been doing this a while and I did track. And you know what's funny? If you take a look at my track physique, it's not that much different than now. Not that much. It's not. Your, your hamstrings were already. I've had thinner. hamstrings since day one. I remember seeing seeing those pictures. I was like, yeah, you had really round hamstrings even back then. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, my weight's similar. I remember um, like I was like a 122-ish uh, in track. So of course, I'm a little more muscular now than I was, but that's over the course like of, oh gosh, like 12 years or 13, 14. I don't know. Long time ago. <laughs> so it's not like I, you saw in any particular year, I made this huge jump. It's very subtle. Yeah. And I like my little, my little real life posts sometimes of like my first show to this, to this, to this now every year since. And you can see little tiny changes here and there. You know, and just we're refining the muscle at this point, you know, yeah. we're refining. And I think that the thing you brought up real good point was if you are new, I don't, I don't recommend you doing as many shows yeah. as actually. Oh yeah. And I would say probably all the way till your third year, unless here, well, I guess it's scenario based. So, okay, let's look at, um, for example, um, just someone that you guys would know, like, let's say Anya, she's really muscular. You know, oh, yeah, she can compete a lot. She's yep, got a lot of she's, she gets muscle to spare. You know, if she if she lost one or two pounds along the way this year, it probably won't hurt her. Right. Type right. of thing. Um, if you know, but she's got, you know, more than three. She's like seven years into yep. lifting, I think eight years in lifting, not going to make a lot of gains either way. Um, so if you're your first year lifting, you have to make progress. I don't think it makes a lot of sense to compete. Right. Take advantage of the newbie gains. Yes. You guys have the newbie gains. I don't have newbie gains. <laughs> All the way till year basically four of lifting, I would say do your shows in clusters if you need muscle. Now, and that's the thing is I'll get a lot of people who will say, oh, I want to do it like Ashley does. And I'm like, well, you have more muscle to go. She's very close to where she needs to be. It's not like the judges are like, oh, Ashley, your shoulders are tiny. What are you even doing? They're like, <laughs> They always say a little, little bit, bit of more. fullness yeah. up top. They never are like, dude, recomp her. What is she? Like, let's just take a year. <laughs> just out. Like, scrap it. Yeah, they've never. Just get a new one. <laughs> yeah, get exactly. a new body. Yeah. Start from scratch. You ever thought about uh, lifting weights, Ashley? <laughs> maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe exercising. Um, yeah. So it's never. So it's when we talk about you know you needing maybe you need like six pounds of muscle to to that's that's gonna take some time. So yeah. So just but I don't need six pounds. Yeah, that would be. You'd be. I mean, you'd be. Your, your frame so small enough you'd be figured, but you'd be looking pretty figured. They'd be telling you small it, small it down, small it down a bit. Small it down. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so they just to clarify on that too. Yeah, because we're not, you know, we all have different lifestyles and we actually do cluster 
techniques as well. Yeah. I usually don't. The the Arnold was a weird one just because it was kind of in the middle of nowhere. You know, well, I mean, that was terrible. not not in the yeah. middle of nowhere, but like calendar wise, it was kind of like the it's like the out, worst timing. the outlier. I guess. Yeah. But usually you'll see as I compete, it's like show back to back and then a little break back to back. And by the way, I also depending on when my next show is, I will take a week break off from the gym too. That's another thing I don't think people realize. Yeah. We got from gym, we got from diet, just week to relax, recover. And I think that's helpful because some girls, some girls be crazy and they will jump right back into like cardio the next day, even though their show isn't for another three months. I'm like, if my show isn't for another three months, I'm taking the entire week off from the gym. You know what the craziest one I've seen was, was Courtney, Courtney at the Arnold. Yes. <laughs> she, hours after she, she was, was, she was motivated she with was, her tan on and everything. She went to the gym. She went to the gym in the rain, like it was raining. So she had her top layer tan. So she had like runny legs in the gym, <laughs> like just what her pro card, literally off stage eight, Jim, I was like, okay, we're guess we're uh, <laughs> that's intense. No, she's she knows she's got a she's got a, a mission, right? Is do yeah. as good as she could at the Arnold. That's pretty motivating. But yeah, she was she was uh, that was the, that's the craziest I've seen. But I thought it was pretty cool, pretty admirable. Yeah, that <laughs> yep, that is um, that's not me. No, okay, I'd be take if she got the whole year, I'd be taking the whole week, maybe even two weeks off. Yeah, from it gym. was a hard prep. You know, yeah. but so. I think what's funny is that, you know, we talked about a long time, like day capturing, like, you know, when someone's not putting in their best effort, that's your chance to catch them. Right. Mm -hmm. There's no catching her. Like if she's going to get ahead of you, you're not going to catch. She literally was on stage, probably the first wellness girl on in the gym. Like, how are you going to, what are you going to do? With you gonna a catch tan her? on. I don't know, girl, <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't know how she does it. I yeah. would at least, I would at least run stuff, but <laughs> <laughs> that's what I look forward to the most after show is the shower. It's not the food. It is not the food. It's getting this makeup and tan off because it's stinky, <laughs> sticky, uncomfortable, and just itchy. And I just feel like my pores are suffocating, <laughs> especially with the makeup. That makeup on show day, whoo it's like a, it's like a layer of uh, plastic or something. It just my pores need to breathe, but yeah, it feels so much better afterwards. But um, let's give a little shout out to our new little figurines. Okay. So this is cool. Okay, so we have now. So I don't know if you guys know. You guys are. I don't know if you know, but there's this thing called Animaniacs, and uh, they have this skit called Pinky and the Brain. That's where the name Bikini yeah. and the Brain comes from. And Kimber got me one of these things. They're called Pop, Pop something. But she got me Mike Tyson because I love Mike Tyson. Uh, for Funko Christmas, Pops, right? Funko Pops. Yes, that's what it is. Funko Pop. And um, so I just started collecting them. There's a whole bunch in the back there. I got like, I think I got like 20s. I got like $400 worth of these stupid things. Oh, I know. It's so, it's such a, a waste of money, but I just got into it for like a week and I have 20 of them now. I don't know. But I couldn't get the, the pinky one. I couldn't justify because it was like real expensive to find them and it was super rare. Um, but we had someone send it in to complete our pinky and brain. Yay. Um, so if you guys are wondering what the bikini and the brain thing is, it's pinky and the brain and these cute little cartoons. And, um, this pinky would be like, what are we going to do today, Brain? And Brain would be like, same thing we do always day, pinky. Try to take over the world. <laughs> yes, that's so sweet. So thank you so much. That's very thoughtful. And we, you know, that's, we sometimes get little shipments here from, from people from the Contest Prep Center and nice little cards to you, like Soroya, thank you. But we get little goodies every once in a while. And we appreciate it so much. It's so yeah. thoughtful. I can't believe people actually listen to us. What the heck? Right, we've gotten, we got the cockroach one. we got the pinky. We're set, <sighs> you know? Jeez. It's kind of cool. Big time. It's kind of cool, you know? You made it's it when Pinky's cool. getting sent to you. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it so much. So yeah. thank you for that, you know? Super cool. So yeah, just to wrap everything up in a pretty little package with a bow on top, 
you know, everyone's off-season approach is different. We're not all the same. On paper, it sounds like something would make sense, but maybe it doesn't apply to that individual. So, you know, listen to your body, listen to what you want, know what your goals are long-term. Don't be in it for the short run. Don't think short run, think long-term. If you want to do long-term, I mean, I know I do, because I'm just getting started over here. I don't know if you guys heard I don't know if you, have you heard? I heard. I'm just getting started. <laughs> I don't know. People think like, you know, I've been in it for a while. Like when's she going to stop? I don't know. I'm just getting started. I'm a rookie. I consider myself a rookie in this game still. So, you know, I love, I love when I, you know, I don't get them anymore, but I used to get a lot of, oh, she's just going to burn herself out. She's going to burn herself out. And I was Wait, like, hold on. <laughs> I, was I, like, I was like, I've been waiting like 40 shows. I don't know when, I don't when, know. when that's going to kick in. But I okay. just can't wait to hear I'm people sure. complain I compete too much again so I can compete five times yeah. as much. So I can't wait for that to happen. There, there, there was so much slack. Give on me that, that motivation. If, I love that. If anyone is in, intelligent and can read the room, they will know to never just say that to their friends only, not in a public forum. Because, man, everyone jumped on that. Greg, Kenny, oh I mean, gosh. Nick. Yeah, like, that's not a good look. <laughs> it was bad. And, and then it. Yeah. And then it also translated to she only does the small shows. She cherry picks the shows and doesn't do big ones. And I'm like, I do like, I can't do literally every single bigger show. Like, let's ignore that's the Pittsburgh. Impossible. Yeah. Let's ignore Pittsburgh. The UK. Do that. Arnold Classic UK, Arnold Classic New York Pro. Let's just forget about that and just think, oh, oh yeah, the one local show. Come yeah. on. Yeah, I get that. But now it's become uh, she needs to take an off season as if they know because they're. Apparently better than you as a coach, right? <laughs> Here's they the, have the answers. What what I've learned is uh, this is what, and this is good for everyone to everyone to take in. Now, as you start climbing the ranks and start becoming more of a more, I guess, followed on social media, more more kind of publicly known. Um, just know the amount of people that are going to love you is going to grow quite a bit. You know, I might have let's say let's say a thousand people like me out there, right? Well, that. Uh, out of that, or the thousand people know who I am. Out of those thousand, there's going to be ten of them that just just despise me. My my whole how I do it. Maybe there's something sensitive about the way I do their off seasons because they're one of the girls who has bad off seasons. And I'm, I'm I'm tough on girls for that. Um, there's could be reasons for it, right? So, but those ten are going to be the loudest, right? The 990, they'll say they'll like your stuff. They'll say, hey, good job, whatever, right? They're in your corner, but the ten will be the loudest. Oh yeah, they're the ones. And it's just the same thing as like when someone's doing reviews on restaurants. And you could think about yourself. Oh, yeah, the Yelp reviews. Yeah, how many times do you give a positive Yelp review? Unless someone is like exceptional service or something, you really don't go out of your way to do it. If it's good, you're like, oh, it's supposed to be good, right? You have right. that kind of attitude that it, it, everyone does when they walk into a restaurant. I have it too. I'm, I'm guilty of it. But when someone's bad, you're like, you're like, you want to do it, right? Like mm-hmm. you want to get on there and Yelp. It's the same. It's the same thing. People are going to, you know, just gravitate towards being louder when they're more upset than they are when they are you know, status quo and happy with things. And it's just the way it is. So what I always say is as you start climbing the ranks, just get tougher, get get ready to deal with these things as, as you become more public, know that people are going to talk about you. And the real issue is, and I've, I've come to the conclusion of this, the real issue is when people aren't talking about you. Oh, yeah. That's the when the real problem kicks in. Yeah. Because then you're irrelevant and that sucks. I'd rather people hate me than not talk about me. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> listen, guys, I use it as motivation, you yeah. know? I hate the word haters or whatever, like, there's difference between critiquing and haters, but yeah. like you tell me not to do something or I should do something. And I'm going to do the opposite just to piss you off. <laughs> <laughs> tell me not to compete so much. Oh yeah. I'm going to 
I'm going to compete you more. <laughs> if you tell me, like, stop doing uh, local shows, I'll, I'll do them all. <laughs> don't tempt me we'll now. Petition for more local don't, shows. Don't tempt me. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, you can't listen to people. And I think with this episode, too, I think another important talking point is you're going to also get a lot of, mm, let's say, critique, criticism. I don't know. A lot of people from the outside trying to guide you what they think they know you're going to get a lot of unwarranted like advice and you might be especially if you're new you might be tempted to listen to that like if you ever have girls be like yeah i talked to this one bodybuilder at the gym and he said my calories right now are just way too high for me being like two weeks out from a show and it's like does this fellow know your body and your physique has he been working with you or whatever the case may be you know what I mean because I know that a lot of times people tend to like they'll they'll hear something online or even hear about those miserable preps everyone has those well not everyone have the they might hear online a a miserable prep someone had and think that should apply to how you should prep everyone's different no one knows your body like you and your coach that's been, well, the coach that's been working with you for a while, you know, not some Helen on Instagram <laughs> who's competed at one uh, local show and got fourth in masters 45 plus. I think- she, she doesn't know more than your coach. So don't, don't fall victim of that. Yeah. I think that's really important too, because yeah. it's a natural thing that you want to talk with your friends about your diet and, and other people at the gym and the issue is always going to be, it's very specific to you. Mm-hmm. And it's your, people always think about it, how their diet should, how your diet should be more like theirs type yes. of thing, right? Or somebody they heard of. Yeah, exactly. You know, I could go back to that one podcast episode I talked about, and this is a very well-known podcast. I'm probably going to talk about it one day, like and actually say who they are, but it's, it's a, it's a few guys in there. They talk about it and this girl calls in and she's like, yeah, I was just wondering if my calories were too low. I'm 12 weeks out from a show, my first bikini competition. He's like, well, and he just instantly, without asking anything, height, weight, activity level, job, sedentary, whatever, hormonals, anything. He's like, well, you better be on over 2,500 calories if you're 12 weeks out. And I'm like, okay, just tell me you've never prepped anyone in your life without telling me you've never prepped anyone in your life. Because yeah. I will beat you at every show you ever try to prep someone if that's your mindset that you have to have someone at 2,500 calories at 12 weeks out knowing nothing about them, right? And it looked like a pretty petite girl, right? So that's the problem is that you're going to run into at these shows is that, or at, at the gyms and stuff when you're asking people about their diet is if I saw, like if I saw my diet and someone came to me and said, hey, this is the diet my coach gave me. And it's me as the coach that wrote the diet. I could pick my diet apart. Yeah. I could easily be like, oh yeah, it's a little low calorie. It's a little bit low calorie for where you're at in terms of where your body fat is. Like you can just make arguments up that are just blanket statements. And like I just, and it's, and I told someone this the other day because someone was telling me that um, it was someone out of my posing class was actually with a different coach. And I was like having the coaches back and they were like, well, do you think this is too, this is too extreme? Then I know because my friends said, and I was like, look, ignore them if it's working for you. And it's not like, you know, it wasn't like extreme, like 800 calorie or anything like that. Because then I would be like, yeah, you probably shouldn't do that. But it was just normal. You know, it was like a normal diet. But yeah, she was a little bit low for where she was out. But I was, I was like, yeah, you know, it just that might be what it takes for you. How are you responding? You know, what, what have you done in the past? What's your diet been like? What's your job like? Are you super sedentary? You know, how are you responding to your check-in? So mm-hmm. like that's, I'm like, yeah, it might not be that bad. It sounds pretty close to a line where, you know, maybe it could be a little bit higher in calories. I don't know. But just, yeah. and I told her the same thing. Like everyone's going to have something to say about your diet. Oh, and it's, yeah. always, it's never going to be like, I've never once seen someone unless they were like super, you know, fanny of me or you right of the show or the bikini brand show it was like oh that's a perfect diet i can't believe it like it never will happen (laughs) 
<laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like frame it. It's a perfect it's diet. It's a perfect diet. <laughs> it's, we should all do it. <laughs> it's always this it's is wrong because. It's going to work for yeah. you and you and you. Yeah. You can't look at somebody and determine how many calories they burn throughout the day. You'd be surprised. Yeah. You'd be very surprised because some of your little tiny girls, super tiny, eat more calories than you. Yeah. You know, you can't look at somebody and be like, yep, that person's five foot five, 120 pounds. They should be eating 1800 calories. Like it's not that cut and dry, you know, it's totally different. You yeah. Know, I have, I have a, a good example would be um, like Kimber right now. She's getting ready for a show. She's close to 1500 calories and um, she's 5'10", you know, 140. Mm-hmm. So you would think, oh, she's going to probably be eating 2,500 calories. She's 5'10", 140, right? And she's a shredded 140, I'll give you that. And then you have uh, Lena getting ready for a pro show and she's like at 2,700 calories doing, I think, 15 minutes cardio three times a week. And she's five foot. By five, like uh, 120, my, 120-ish, right? Like my size. Yeah. And I'm like, how does that make sense? Right? Yeah. It, it doesn't make any sense, you know? Yeah. I mean, Elizabeth in the off season, 4,000. Like, how does that make sense? Yeah. Like, right? It'd be, it just doesn't, it just doesn't, right. you know? Yeah. It's just however the body responds is how the program adjusts. Right. You know, whatever and is happens, this, happens. Is this person coming from off season or in maintenance, like, or just maintaining from show to show? There's yeah. so many factors. People like to give their opinion what they think <laughs> you should do and also make it sound super easy. Yeah. I wish it was that easy. I know. I wish, you know, just take two months off, grow my shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. but I think this is a good, this is a really good, I like this. yeah, I it was like good. It talked one. about, you know, things and, and, and how people should apply in their preps. And I just thought it was a good, really good open talk, open dialogue. Yeah, I mean, hopefully it didn't come across too ranty. No, no. I just want you guys to know, yes, I do take off seasons. There are many off seasons. Okay. And it's a so good, leave me alone. <laughs> and it's, a, it's a good um, rule of thumb for people who maybe want to go with your approach, who have enough muscle yeah. to do that too, you know? Cluster of shows, keep going. You know, when we talk about people getting ready for a pro card, you know, we're doing we're doing clusters of shows. I generally will yeah. start around Universe and then jump into USAs and then North Americans and kind of run people through that kind of circuit if that's if they're trying to get a pro card. I think those are the kind of the better shows to do for a pro card because there's, there's just so many opportunity within those shows because they they apply to um, you know like USAs gives two two pro cards to the first and second place and percentage wise it just makes a lot of sense. So yeah, we're doing clusters of shows in that scenario. And if you have um, you know, you're still mentally there and you have enough muscle, you know, keep going. But if not, then, you know, you got to put a lot of muscle on then. Yeah. Maybe at that time, if you still have a lot of muscle to put on, you're within your first few years of lifting. Yeah. Take the year off, do it again the next year, the June, July, um, cluster of, of pro qualifiers, that type of thing. So yeah, just different for everyone, you know? So different for everyone. I love it. That yeah. was fun. Okay. That was fun. Yeah. Yay. Thank you for this one. Ashley, you did a good homework. Ashley's Uh-oh. so studious. She gave me all these bullet points. Only because I feel like myself again. Yeah. That's the only way. That's why. <laughs> yeah. The two most stressful shows back to back. It takes a toll. But I'm so ready to get the season started and have some fun, some actual fun. No goth Ashley. If no goth Ashley. Till November. <laughs> yes. So I might be a different person when I start prepping for the Olympia. Just be aware. So sorry in advance if I don't return your text around like, I don't know, starting October when yeah. I really have to cut. You know, sorry, October, I might be a little cranky. I might not return your texts. I might be losing my sense of humor. <laughs> I don't know. You did a pretty good job with the cranks this year. Not too yeah, bad. Yeah, I, I think I just get kind of dull, you know. Yeah. But like I said, it's just those two shows. And the more I think about it, I do think it's more stress related because it doesn't make sense any other way. It doesn't. I put a lot of pressure on myself. And like I said, I don't get deep in my feels. So maybe I should. And just realize I'm stressing myself out unnecessarily. And that's what's making it so hard. We can both improve in that area. We're both pretty, we're both pretty, I guess, 
I don't want to call it tough in that regard, but we both, we should probably Get both. Get in the feels? Yeah. Yeah, I we're think both, so. We're both pretty. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we're not the best. <laughs> we're definitely not the best. <laughs> I don't have any bikini athletes that told me this. Phoebe's always writing me about it. <laughs> you know, so, I think I'm good so with fun. other people's feels, yeah. though. Because I used to kind of be like that, I guess. But now I'm just like, I don't know. I, sh- I feel like I-, I live such a good life. I don't complain because I'm just like, I do it. I do it. It works. Yeah. yeah. I don't question it. Well, you know what? Maybe that's our, maybe that'll be our, our, we're in, what are we in March? That could be our 2023 resolution. We'll get more touchy. Deep in the feels, yeah. like maybe we can have some like, like candles going on <laughs> and some crystals. And <laughs> if you were a crystal, would they able to, in what? if you were like a, a, a like a whatever emotion crystal. Sound bath, <laughs> a sound bath to start. You know, like the sound bath. Yeah, the, the I little, know what it is, the little thing. I don't know. Whatever else is associated with the feels. Uh, we're offending. We're offending. I know. I figured right that now. too. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay to be feel, feely. Yeah. And well, we're saying we're weak with it. So that is a strong. It yeah. Is strong, you know, yeah, you know so that's strong good. physically. Yeah. Weak emotionally. Yeah. I don't uh, want to say I'm weak. I cry like twice a year. You and it's only because I'm tired. You just. You're just toughened by sport and life, right? That's just just toughened up. It's so weird because I didn't live a tough life, though. I just everything's too good to, to cry. Yeah, it's true. You did. Like my life is too good to cry. Yeah, even Maybe that's on what my blah days, I cried twice last year, and it was like because I was jet lag coming back from Toronto. I cried for literally no reason. <laughs> I was training with CM, and I was just so tired and exhausted and jet lag because I just got back from Toronto a long flight and delays, and and I just started crying for no reason. <laughs> but anyway. Enough about that. Well, I'm glad feels. you're getting there. You're getting there. <sighs> Maybe I'll cry three times this year. Let's go for three. I've only three. seen two ever in a year. Yeah. Two with you. Yeah. And they're usually for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got to keep tabs. So none so far. None so far. Okay. None so far. I'll let you know when I do though. Okay. So you can mark it down okay. on your calendar. <laughs> we'll do it. We got to keep, t- and when I, when, with check-ins. Yes. I got to, I got to write down my, my Your cries. cries. Tears. I'm going to put a box. Tears. Strength up or down. <laughs> How many cries this week? Oh, it looks like Zero. I can push her harder. <laughs> looks like I can push her harder. Yeah, push her harder. She's a cry. <laughs> All right. I'll talk to you guys later. Thank you guys so much for watching. Bye.